The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hello and welcome to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM, London's best radio station, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So that was um, Bathwater by No Doubt. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So thanks for joining us um, tonight. We are engineered by Ilya. Thanks, Ilya. Um, I'm joined by my esteemed co-presenter, Emma, as always. Hi, everyone. Um, and we've also got a special guest tonight. We've, we're welcoming back Richard Purnell. Hello. Yeah, the screen is for Richard. Yeah, I, yeah. Told everyone that I like a pillow, so that's, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Richard's actually been a guest on Fairly Women before. Uh, we are former colleagues. We used to work together in a very pink office when we worked for a breast cancer charity. Um, Richard, you're about one of ten men out of a hundred trying to up the testosterone count in the building. Um, and we, while we were working together, you were doing a lot of performance poetry um, and um, comedy. Um, and you came on our show about, I think it was about a year ago, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so we did um, a show which some of you may remember. It was on office politics and Richard performed um, a very funny piece called Email Kiss Analysis. I mean, we've all been there, haven't we? Um, so we're going to try and get that show onto our podcast as soon as we can, because we've not actually podcasted it yet. All oh, right. So here's the seamless segue. It's nothing segue. personal, Richard. Uh, <laughs> Sounds personal, doesn't it? <laughs> got a big backlog. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get that out um, as soon as we can. Um, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, you can very easily uh, via iTunes or Acast. Um, download those apps. Um so anyway, back to tonight's show. Um, we're theme- theming it all around Richard's work. Um, but just very quickly before we start, we always do a gripe of the week. Who's got a gripe? Anyone? Um, do you have a gripe, Richard? No, not really. No, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Richard right. shocked I'm here at Resonance FM. You, you know, said you're cool. not a griper. No, I don't I've know. never met anyone griper. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I do, but I can't think of nothing. Um, I've got a mini gripe, which is just I got a message from my friend to say for my friend today that said, I think I just saw you in your bedroom. You get a good view from the top deck of the three four three. Ooh. The bus goes like <laughs> yeah, there, is, there is a gripe. That is a gripe. <laughs> um also like when she said that I was like mid getting changed, but she said she didn't see my boobs. So there you go. But yeah, that that bus goes right past my window. Just so you know. Yeah, that's uh, that's worrying, isn't it? Um, I've I've got a gripe. It's when you put your pants on the wrong way and you're stuck with them like that all day. I mean, you can change that. Yeah, I know, but what if you're really busy and you don't need a wee? Um, <laughs> then it's not I a bigger problem. I accidentally had um, the gusset of my pants around my hip 
all day. Oh, I, because I, you don't I, mean back to front, you mean no, like I, sideways. I, I mean completely the wrong way. Um, I got a new tumble dryer, new washer dryer, and I just assumed I'd shrunk them because it's, you know, it works so well, it's so much hotter. So I just thought, oh, God, these are really tight. Um, but yeah, I, I realised halfway through the day that my um, my gusset was around my hip. It was really uncomfortable. It was awful. Um, Have you fixed that now, that problem? Yeah, no, this was yesterday. I'm not, okay. I'm not, I'm not in a... I've not got my knickers in a twist right now. What's scared, Catherine? <laughs> <laughs> Is that story even true or do you just want to say that? I don't normally do gags. <laughs> anyway, um, so Richard, you're um, here tonight and I think that we wanted to start off hearing about your big new show that you're doing, which is called Bath Time. That's right, yeah. So I've got a one-man play that is all about a guy called Harry who is obsessed by baths. And uh, some other things happen. There is a murder, uh, which is sort of incidental, really, to the, you know, just the, the, the lot and lot of bathing that goes on and bath-based musings. But, uh, yeah, that is that is the show. I've been doing it in Brighton at the weekend, back in Brighton in a couple of weeks. In you know, I'm going around, you know, hopefully I'm going to go to Bath at some stage with the show. That'll be <laughs> not the sort of the pinnacle, I'd imagine. But, yeah, it's it's going well. It's going well. So you, you've written the show and you perform it? I've written it, yeah, I perform it, and it's directed by um, a very talented woman called Kelly Torrey, um, who's directing three shows which are going to Edinburgh Fringe this summer. So, yeah, should we get into the, yeah, the can debate? We... I mean, yeah. really, because I think, you know, when I open my show, when I start my show, I always like to ask each member of the audience baths or showers and I don't give it as a kind of oh you can waver you have to choose one or the other my thoughts are probably self-evident so <laughs> going along the panel Catherine I hate baths why would you want to sit and stew in your own dirt and get really hot you sweat your hair sticking to your head I love showers it's like being in a waterfall like the Timothy adverts you were naming a famous waterfall there. I was like, oh, certainly. We're not, sponsor, waterfalls, we're not sponsored by Timothy. The other. Um, I don't I even think that's a brand this, anymore. This, this <laughs> I don't think anyone's used Timothy in, I don't um, know, since 1997. But I will say, for whatever you, you're, you know, you're saying about you've got to go one or the other, what about when you have a really delicious shower but you put the plug in? That's disgusting. What do you have like no, a little not. foot paddle? So you just have this creeping sense of water you, coming up above your ankles. If I mean, you've do you got know a really that good like, shower like me, you can get really quite high up, and then you could sit in it and feel it yeah, massaging you your shoulders. It up like some kind of, yeah. And then it really is like you're in a waterfall, a lagoon with a waterfall. Mm. It's very tropical. In houses I've lived in, where there's been a hair and plug issue, you don't even need to put the plug in to get that effect, Catherine. <laughs> um, I'm definitely, like, when I have access to a bath, obviously not every house is a bath, I definitely bathe, like, daily, which is really bad for the environment, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, some, yeah. so now I have to have a shower. I do have a shower, but obviously I just skip a day because it's not fun. I'm, I think I'm just quite lazy and I'd rather, like, sit down or lie down than have to, like, make myself stand up for any long period of time. Yeah. But I also think that I didn't always, like, love having baths. And, um, like, Catherine and I all often talk about how, like, we used to share baths with siblings mm. or or family members anyway. Um, and or I used non-family members, yeah, just family anyone. friends. Um, and I used to always worry that my brother would, like... Because I, th- I guess I would get out first because I was smaller and younger and he would be there a bit longer. And I would always worry that he would go down the plug hole when the plug was pulled. <laughs> like, I would get really scared. But I've grown out of that now. And also, we don't share baths anymore. 
Sarah, we've, yeah. we've never had a bath together. Yeah, Catherine was trying to flirt this idea. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Flirt so this many, idea. So many puns this um, <laughs> Yeah, flirt this idea earlier in the pub that like we could have a bath together. But then she quickly followed it up with, I would wear a swimming costume. I mean, if you want me to, if it would make you feel more comfortable. But That's something it, to discuss It's kind of funny that we, you know, we've not really bathed together. Um, what about having a bath or a shower with a lover? Where do we stand on that? Is that something that we like to do? Well, um, in the show, H- Harry, the, the key protagonist, is quite strongly against that because he believes that a bath is a solitary pleasure, not designed for erotic acts. Um, I'd probably, you know, put in more of a sort of grey area to that. I'd have said that um, it's, you know, with the right person, yeah. Definitely. If you can find the right accommodating kind of postures to have that, I think that why not? Why should you not? Accommodating why, postures. Yeah. You've, you've, got, you've got to work out a kind of way to do it, I suppose, haven't you? I think as, it's as, never, as with many things. I think it's never as fun as you think it's going to be in a bath. Like, if you've got a tall lover, then it's just like all knees in your face. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not actually fun. And that scalding hot tap dripping I like on your the back. scalding hot tap dripping on my back. But, no. but I'm always sharing a bath with someone who likes a colder bath. Like, I like it very, very hot. Mm. And then it's just kind of tepid. Because that I think it is a sort of, it's an indulgence for yourself, isn't it? A bath, yeah. essentially. So if two people's idea of indulgence is often different. So, yeah, I, I'd proceed with caution, but certainly proceed if you want to i mean i quite like having a shower before having sex to be you know nice and kind of clean and relaxed and um you know step out the shower with my sort of shaking my hair um so i do i do i like the unwinding ritual of it but the idea of Mm. being in the shower trying not to fall over it's not very appetizing Showers are, you know, I think you're on a slippery slope, really. Um, so, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, so you're going to perform a bit of um, bath time. Yeah, I can do us? a little bit. Are of... you going to sort of give a bit of a taster for our audience? Yes, I, I shall. I shall. So this is essentially the first little bit of the show bath time. Um, so, yeah. Here we go. Bath time. Relax and unwind. Time to open the pores and release all the grime. Now, you could say that the bath was a metaphor for existence, the search for the transcendental, the meaningful, in this all-too-brief slither of time we call life. But you'd be having a bubble. Flake advert. Girl laid back, lips blood red, chalky bar going in, water overflowing, saucy fucking cow. Scarface. Tony Montana laid back in a giant round tub. Cigar in mouth, remote in one hand, champers in the other. Michelle Pfeiffer slinking about like an underfed feline. Yes. Bath time. Relax and unwind. Time to open the pores and release all the grime. 
Now, people say, don't they? They do say, baths, baths. You're just wallowing in your own filth. <laughs> I don't mind that. It's the wallowing that I like. And my filth, my own filth, well, it's not that much. Not for me to worry about. Now, the showerers, the ones who shower, they are the ones with tension issue, stress, migraines. The showers are the ones spending hundreds of pounds on detox regimes, meditation retreats in the Far East, when all they really need is an hour or two in the tub, nice bubbles, smooth jazz, a candle or two, gentle masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could probably masturbate in a shower as well, you know. Is that, is that I've never tried, actually. I don't shower. I don't. I don't I oh, whatever. Like that. <laughs> so, yeah, that is, yeah, that's, and it, we proceed on. Um. So... Has there that changed some... your mind, Catherine? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's some great imagery in there, but I think fundamentally, I'm not someone who likes to slow down too much. Um, so mm. I think I've, I don't like being alone with my thoughts. I like the noise of the shower, the waterfall noise. Mm. Um, I wanted to ask you a bit about um, you. Um, the, so the show, it is a, it's a fictional story. It's, it's not, you know, it's not Richard Purnell performing. It's a character that's right um yeah. and you um whilst doing the kind of research for the show and thinking about it i remember a few months ago you telling me that you were you were doing the method acting spending <laughs> a lot of time in bars um yeah, but yeah. you kind of got into bathing as a kind of a cultural thing and there are some sort of celebrity bathers as well aren't there like it's it's something that leads to inspiration and creativity across the board. Is that right? I think so. I mean, for instance, uh, Sir Winston Churchill, greatest prime minister we've ever had, won the Second World War. Massive bather. I think, you I've know. got a question about that. Yeah. Direct, was it a bubble bath that he was having? I'm just wondering, I'm trying to get the image, was it a bubble bath? I don't, th I don't think he would have done. Now, I, I, I did read his biography and it didn't address whether it was bubbles or oils but essential oils I suppose yeah, it is in the pre-bath pre bomb era it wouldn't have been a bath bomb would it he was busy bombing the German I suppose wasn't he so I don't know I don't know what he's you know but I think he he, de he definitely had a daily bath and a, and a luxurious one he got work done in there I mean, uh, famously he chatted to uh, Delano Roosevelt um, whilst he was in the White um, House tub um, so yeah but he did definitely have a daily bath oh, um Grace Jones, massive bather, um, pull up to the bumper. Um, that's the kind of hit you can write if you, you know, spend enough time bomb. alone with yeah. your thoughts, Catherine. <laughs> you think of the think of the pop tunes you could have rattled <laughs> off in your life up till now. Just allow myself the space to be me. Yeah. So I mean, Grace Jones, what a heroic woman she is. Um, so those those are a couple of couple of examples. Yeah. Mm. And you do write a lot about um, so. For people who don't know about your work, as well as doing bath time um, and 
sort of looking at the fictional character. You also do a lot of performance poetry and you um, curate a night called The Bus Driver's Prayer, which I believe it's on in East London, isn't it? In Brick Lane, is that right? That's right. We do it at 93 feet east. Um, we had a night a couple of weeks ago. We'd, we'd done it for a few years. It's, it's like a variety night. I like... I like poetry, but I also get really bored of seeing the same thing. So I, I always have, we always have a band on, and we always have some comedy, and we always have some larking about style games. We had an egg and spoon race uh, last one, um, based on the based pre-election egg and spoon race for uh, Labour won. Labour won the egg and spoon race. Uh, so quite steady with the egg, but yeah. It didn't Too work busy out focusing for them. on eggs. I the guess. Tories actually cheated in the, in the egg and spoon race. So whether <laughs> that's a you know harbinger. Um, so you you perform as well, and you do lots of poetry. Um, and quite, I know that you do lots of quite kind of political as well as personal stuff. Um, and you're you do quite a few um, pieces about kind of celebrities and famous people. And I think did you want to do something around? Um, shock celebrity deaths is that something that you wanted to perform for us today well if you yeah if you're gonna push me if you're gonna (laughs) push me on the issue yeah so yeah i I, I don't know i suppose i write about a lot of things but uh yeah i I kind of think pop culture is quite a good thing to take inspiration with it's all around us so um this is my i suppose I do poetry, I do stories, I do sort of plays, I do lots of things, but I think satire is the overarching thing. So you will maybe see a note of satire within this piece that I'm going to read for you. It's called Good Grief. I've got my black armband on. I've had it on for years. I'd never be without it because I always like to be one of the first to pay my respects when someone who is famous has ended up dead. Now, I do on occasion grieve half-heartedly for friends, family or people I've met, but I find it much more meaningful when I mourn dead famous people instead. I cried for days at the death of Princess Di and Dodie Fayed and was inconsolable with the untimely passing of Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, old dirty bastard Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman. I took a week off work to weep for Amy, who, if she had lived, I believe, would one day have given up the singing and debauchery to become a happy commuter, just like me. Recently, I was riding to work on the X68 when I saw in my newspaper a terrible tragedy emblazoned across the front page. Oh, no, not again, I said, when I saw that Vidal Sassoon had passed away. Vidal Sassoon, Vidal Sassoon, oh, why did you have to leave us so soon? As I read about his Bauhaus-inspired design aesthetic and love of geometric shapes which led him to his revolutionary wedge bob haircut, I burst, understandably, into tears. A lady commuter put an arm round me and asked if I was okay. No, look, I said, and showed her the picture of the former hairdressing great cutting Mia Farrow's hair into his signature shape. Did you know him, she asked. No, I said. Did you ever meet him? No, I never did. Did you know anyone who went to one of his salons or bought any of his popular styling products? I don't think so. 
Then why are you so upset? I didn't have time to answer that final question because I was too busy earnestly emoting across a range of social media platforms. Something we did discuss in regards to this poem was um, the inclusion of uh, Holly and Jessica in there as celebrities. Um, can you say anything about that? Like, why, you know? Yeah, you I, I, I wanted them in there because I just feel like the way that the media latches on to a tragedy elevates these people to a, a celebrity, which I find really objectionable. Like, that, their suffering becomes a kind of thing that should be sort of treasured in some weird skewed way by the media because they sort of grip onto tragedy as such a great thing, you know, a thing that they can always use to sell papers. And it, I think it, it you know, it, when you get these sort of missing girls or these terrible stories, people, newspapers know that if you put those pictures on the front page, they'll sell more copies. So it's sort of... I, I wanted to just to say that something around the fact that, you, you know... They use tragedy, either a celebrity tragedy or somebody you don't know, they use it in the same way. So they, they manage to tie them all into their kind of weird perspective on the world. And it's like missing kind of missing white girl or missing white woman like syndrome where, you know, those yeah, things are disproportionately absolutely. given, like attention disproportionately given to like young, beautiful white women that, you know, everyone, yeah. like innocent. People who people have kind shocked of by it. perfect lives as well. Um, I think they sort of sell on the shock factor of, oh, it can happen to you even if you are seemingly doing everything right in your life. Um, I wondered, um, kind of thinking about all of the sort of high-profile celebrity deaths in that poem, is there, like, a celebrity that you kind of follow, like, a death that's, like, um, hit you hard in some way that does actually resonate with you, like, beyond the kind of satirical element of that? Are there um, celebrities that you've kind of had that emotional connection with in some way? Because I think we all do it, don't we? Like, you get Despite yourself, yeah, you're, like, caught up in it. You, there are people that you just, you want their story to end well. Does anyone have anyone? Emma, what about you? Um, well, mine is similar to my celebrity doppelganger, Brittany Murphy, who I often was told that I look like. And obviously... You look very much like Brittany Murphy. Clueless, one of my favourite films growing up and still is one of my favourite films. So I definitely identified a lot with um, her. And I think, yeah, when she died, that did shock me just because like, I felt that like we had like a mini connection. Obviously, I didn't actually think that I had a personal physical connection with her but I think that I was really shocked because she always seemed like a very sweet person I mean I don't know her clearly I didn't know her but people always give her very mm. nice reports Heath Ledger another big one Little Chris oh my god Little Chris that was mm. a tragedy for me I when I read about that and I often think about his one major hit Checking Out it was a great song every couple of like years or months I sometimes think like that was a great song let's listen to it and only a few months ago I was listening to it and enjoying it and then when I saw him in the paper and like his like shock and untimely death I, I genuinely felt like my mouth opening in shock and I like felt mm. a little bit sad which is very weird because I don't know anything about him and he's not been famous for the last like 15 years since that great song came out what about you Richard yeah I was uh, I was really affected by Whitney because she was just such a hero when I was growing up and I thought that just the way that her life was sort of not of her own choosing was really sad, like in the sense that she just became this really big star when she was really young and then she was in this kind of status as like America's like 
symbol of its own perfection. So she did the, you know, the bodyguard, and she did like the song for the Olympics when the Olympics come to America, and all this sort of thing. And uh, you know, it seemed like she was really trapped within her own celebrity. And then the way that she died just seemed really, really sad. Um, but and I just love her. I think I didn't. I suppose I've been reflecting upon it ever since she died. That, um, but I think that I've, yeah, I just. I think there's a, a, a truth that you can take from her life that's quite a deep thing. and uh, But ultimately, I just think she's an amazing sort of human being and singer. So I think we're um, getting a bit tight in time, but I know that you've got um, one more poem that oh, you yeah. can perform yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this one, it's kind of romantically um, tragic, isn't it? Yeah. I think like if you're in poetry you've got to be in it for writing like rather slightly bitter <laughs> love poetry like if you can't like emote about your romantic pain then you know you're in the, you know that that's why people get into poetry I think to not to, to get that. girls as a byproduct of the, the <laughs> yeah you gotta look how sensitive and vulnerable I am <laughs> please <laughs> can, can you yeah, support me in that so I'll read this and then we can chat about it yeah. um, it's from a you know slightly complicated situation that I was in a little while ago my first mistake caring probably when that happened must have come on in stages. I mean, when does a table become a table? Not when you pull the pieces from the IKEA box and hunt for your screwdriver, also from IKEA. It's when you've got it flat, stable, eating your first food from it, splashed wine on it, carved your name on it. Why am I carving your name on my table? I'm eating out tonight. She's into city breaks and salsa dancing, apparently, though I suspect sofa snuggling and truth-telling are more her thing. No doubt, in that in-between stage, between mains and dessert, I'll nip to the bog, text you lies about the gregarious woo-ha night I'm not having, which you are having, wherever you are. <laughs> It's so weird to clap. <laughs> um, very quickly, because we've only got a few minutes left. What, what, in what do you think about um, how do you, if you're seeing two different people at the same time, how do you choose which one? I suppose it's the one you get bored with. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, my uh, my response to that was which one's hotter, or why mm. choose. Why choose? Yeah. And I think in future episodes, we might be looking at polyamory. We're addressing that issue. Yeah, oh, going yeah. back. Ah, I think so, yeah. I, I, I find it difficult to see two people at the same time. Some people can do that. I think I, I struggle. Um, so we're coming to the end of the show. Um, Richard, tell us, how can people get involved with your show and come and see it and follow you in all kinds of social media platforms? 
So I suppose I'm going to be at Brighton Fringe over the bank holiday weekend doing bath time. I'm going to be in London doing it in July. Um, so just uh, f- yeah, follow me on Twitter if you want, at Richard Purnell. That's quite an original sort of kind of Twitter handle for someone called Richard Purnell. It took me a long time to <laughs> <A lot laughs> you know, really, yeah, think about Purnell that. Richard, you could have gone with. I could have, yeah, done so many different things. Richie but ultimately P. I thought that was a good representation of my name on Twitter. So, yeah, go for that. Follow me on Twitter. That's the best way. I reckon great and um, thank you very much for coming on the show again we really appreciate it it's nice to have you back it's lovely being here do we have time to listen to a song from another famous bather yeah we do Um, so to play us out tonight we have um, Grace Jones Slave to the Rhythm so that's bye from me bye bye (laughs) ta-ra thanks for listening Miss Grace Jones Slave to the Rhythm I'm just This program was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.